0: Human beings of the world, it's time to enter the spoilerverse through our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in Mutual downtown Seattle with John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on scpod.net. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways.
1: You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 707 656 2080. Again, 707 656 2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com.
0: Citizens of the Republic of Spoilerverse, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That is Mr. Horsley, and today on the show, well, it's Wonder Man Comics, Nate Wonderman. Yeah, I got this. I, This
1: guy right here sat down did an interview with Nate Wonderman. That,
0: that, that guy. That right guy right, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Talked right, all YouTube? about Wonder
1: Man Comics, what they have to offer. They are an indie publishing company that they publish primarily, well, not primarily, specifically all online. It's so all digital. They've got several titles out there for you. They've got over... 50 issues of books you can read over at wondermancomics.com. and cool. uh, I got to sit down with him he's uh he's he was a, an interesting cat to talk to we had a, a we got some some into some deep conversations about not only what he creates and how he does his stuff but uh the comics you know the comic world for an indie creator in general and it's a it was a lot of fun and I think you're gonna learn something on this episode
0: after this episode is done we're gonna create a new series called deep conversations with John Horsley <laughs> I like it. All right, guys. Well, let's sit back and listen to Nate in his own words.
1: All right, guys. Welcome back. I am here today with Nate, and we're going to talk about him and the stuff he guys out there. So, hi, Nate. How are you doing today?
2: Hi. Feeling like a villain.
1: Nice, nice. So, for everyone listening out there, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us a, a, a little rundown of who you are and what you do?
2: Hi, I am Nate Wonderman, Chief Comics Officer of Wonderman Comics, which you can go on the web and take a look at com W-U-N-D-E-R-M-A-N comics.com. We're a boutique digital comics publisher available on a myriad of platforms and digital, exclusively digital. And we have right now uh, one, two, three, four, five series in current release.
1: Nice. That's awesome. That is awesome. So you, uh, you're available to digitally all over the place. And I'm sorry? You're available digitally all over the place? That's awesome.
2: Yes. We're t- uh, in uh, Google Play, Drive through comics, Amazon, Kobo, uh, Comixology, Hoopla Digital, which I really love because you can get that through your public library.
1: That's awesome. And,
2: and what's great about them as well is they do something all too rare for, for IP providers. They pay them.
1: That's so cool. That's awesome. So you get through your library and you still get paid for it. It's great.
2: Yes. And it's and it's, it's essentially it's for the price of your library
1: card. That's cool. I, l- I love Hoopla. That's that app is so great. I, I use it all the time for with our library here.
2: It's it's a great service, and what's great is that they're very open to independent uh, comic publishers, provided you have a catalog.
1: That's so cool. I didn't. I, I didn't know they did that. I'm gonna have to check that out more because uh, I love reading indie comics.
2: Uh, they have almost. Everyone you can conceivably think of in the comic book business that has more than twenty releases or so is on Hoopla.
1: Oh, that's good to know. That's really good to know. That is cool. So, why don't you tell me about some of the comics you guys have?
2: All right, uh, let's. Would you uh, let's go with the newest one first, mm-hmm. which is Boogeyman, which is a, takes place in a few... It's about a troubled Lucha Libre wrestler living in a future Latin American megalopolis. Nice. Who becomes a reluctant hero fighting against gangs and the corporate boss who runs the
1: city. That is cool.
2: It was created by comic book artist Giancarlo Caracuzzo and written by Massimiliano Grotti. And I was the editor of the piece. It's a five-issue miniseries that's available on the on all the platforms I mentioned.
1: That is cool. That's cool. I'm looking at the uh, the, the uh, covers for that series right now, and they look, the the art looks looks fantastic on that.
2: Yes, Jean uh, uh, Carlo has worked for the for the majors on both sides of the Atlantic. He's done work for Marvel, DC, and then also. The usual suspects over in Europe as well, and but he approached Wonderman Comics for this project because he liked the way we do
1: things. That's awesome. That's really cool. All
2: right, and okay. So now another mini. It's a, a Boogeyman is a five-issue miniseries. Another miniseries that we released last year is Scoundrel. The idea for this. Was to adapt William Hogarth's series of paintings called *A Rake's Progress*, mm-hmm. which, which was about how a young man comes into money and gin, women, gambling, becomes poor and winds up in debtor's prison. I adapted. We we the Wonderman Comics adapted this for 1980s Los Angeles. Right. And okay. the, uh, and the um, uh, protagonist is latin american that's cool huh? and there for the the artwork it was it was uh the it was created by me the writer was a hannibal taboo the uh, columnist for the uh, bi pile and the art was done by doug nation nice four issue
1: miniseries that sounds really cool
2: and yes and I, I, it, it had been something I had been wanting to do for a very long time, ever since I actually went and saw the, the series of those paintings and the great age, the time life great ages of man book that you, you, get, you used to get when you were a kid, the hmm. great ages of men, you go to the library, you can see it. And they would have these photo essays and they would, and it would talk about the, the death, the decline of this young man in 1740s London. Well, some things never change
1: <laughs> it it's so cool to see how ser- some things can spark inspiration right how seeing this a series of paintings by you know Will, William Hogarth sparked a, a, a comic series right just the the inspiration that that leads from one thing to another always always fascinates me
2: i uh, i mean i that is true it it is cuz i got to tell you i i looked at it and I kid. I said oh this would be a, just do this right <laughs> this would be
1: awesome.
2: <laughs> that sounds and, awesome i want to read that one it's it's available on Hoopla.
1: I, I see that. I'm gonna check it out on Hoopla because I, I I have Hoopla. So
2: <laughs> it's, it's on Hoopla. It's on Drive Through Comics. It's on Amazon. It's on it's on it's on, Com- on Comicsology. Comicsology Unlimited. So by the way, so any of you who are on Comixology Unlimited, all of our series except for Boogeyman is on Comixology Unlimited.
1: Oh, uh, that's cool. I have that too. So I I have two ways to read this comic now.
2: So I would so I would suggest. Read Boogeyman on Hoopla and Comixology Unlimited for, for for the other stuff, and you're good to go.
1: Yeah, there we go. I'm, I got it.
2: <laughs> All right. Our, another um, uh, Another limited series we did was, is called Irrational Numbers, which was a combination of time uh, the, the, where the, the, the early part of it takes place in the ancient world Mm-hmm. And it's about mathematics and
1: vampires. Is it vampires who do mathematics, or?
2: <laughs> well, the uh, one, it, it it involves a historical figure in the beginning, Pythagoras. Okay. And it's just how the people around him sort of be, uh, formed the basis of a vampire war, and and that was and that's the prequel, which was actually done in the style of. Those old prince, those old how I, sorry, I, forget the name. Those old Prince Valiant.
1: Oh right, okay, yeah, those, those, those strips.
2: Exactly in that size, in, in, in that size, exactly. Oh nice. With that sort of page layout, and that was the prequel. And then there's a five issue miniseries that's done as a contemporary comic where the the the, the war between the two factions from this. The, this vampire love triangle essentially mm-hmm. plays out.
1: That's interesting. And,
2: yes. And it, so it, the, the the series was created by me. The writer was, was Hannibal Taboo. The artist was Giancarlo caracuzo And yes, it's a, a vampire. And it was actually the first property of one of Wonderman comics that wound up on uh comiXology unlimited.
1: That's really cool. That's, I mean, it's cool that you're crossing over, you know, one math i'm a big math nerd right so when you cross from math to anything it makes me excited but the vampire i not i also love you the know, vampire lore so that, that that sounds really interesting
2: and yes it, uh, it, it it it's a unique take on the vampire lore that first starts off in the greek world and then winds up in romania
1: oh, interesting that's cool that's cool all
2: right now we uh, we got getting into our continuing series the uh second one up. The second continuing series I created is called Time Corps, C-O-R-P-S. Mm-hmm. It's about this group of people who are in charge, of, who are soldiers of the Timeline Continuity Department of the Celestial Bureaucracy.
1: That's a mouthful, but okay.
2: <laughs> and the, the idea is that if you're not good enough for heaven or bad enough for hell, where do you go? Well, one of the places you do go is the time core, and depending upon how you serve there, they decide your final disposition. What happens is there then becomes an, an antagonist who wants to redo history. His girlfriend dies of a disease, and he decides, this isn't going to happen. I'm going to save her, and he's going to go back into time to do it.
1: <laughs> that always gets messy. <laughs>
2: Very much so, very very much so, <laughs> and which and you and the the the, the, the series focuses in on the, the the crew of the Venice Beach substation. Okay. Where and and they are and they, and and they and they are um, just people out of time, not in in their time, just sort of hanging out in Venice Beach. And we have the, this, the station chief, who's a uh, Roman cavalry centurion, Gaius Equitus Brutus. We, we have <laughs> a dance hall gigolo, Garibaldi di Livorno, a Russian countess from, who, from the time of the French invasion of Russia, Pauline, Paulina Popova. And we have a Mayan ball player who played that, that Mayan version of basketball. is called
1: Pitts. Smoke Jaguar. <laughs> I love and those names. The, and they and they and
2: they crew the station here, and they have a direct supervisor, Punella Jones, who is a very very ambitious bureaucrat who wants to advance into the uh, bureaucracy. And the, and and there's also a boss, Alexander Cronus, who's overly fond of sitting in his hot tub.
1: <laughs> I mean. Hot tub sitting is pretty fun, so I get that.
2: Oh, he, <laughs> he, he, he he very much uses it, and there's a lot of bureaucratic wrangling and, and sort of interesting, almost, you, could, you would almost call bureaucratic slash corporate warfare going on. Mm-hmm. And, as, and at the meantime, there's the, the, the first existential enemy. And in our current run, which is being written by Hannibal Taboo, where I, I wrote the initial first 11 issues, Mm-hmm a new player comes into the game who wants to mess things up even more. (laughs) Who's even more of a mischief maker than the other one. And so everything gets very crazy. And the uh, piece is drawn by uh, Neil Yamamoto, Mm -hmm. who if any of your listeners are in Los Angeles, teaches cartooning and comic books production over at Santa Monica College for their extension courses.
1: Oh, that's awesome, that's awesome.
2: So, he's, he, he does a great job, it's very, it's great lines, really great facial acting, and, that, and that's the one thing I, I should notice and say, if you have any aspiring artists out there, mm-hmm. where the classic is that artists have a hard time with eyes, Faces and hands—that is so true. Right, right. It's getting the, the facial acting and the eyes right is really, really the difference between the pros and the
1: wannabes. It truly is. It truly is because getting the face to actually express and emote what you're, what the scene needs is is the, the difference between an, an amateur and a pro for, for you know big time there.
2: Oh yes. I mean and then also a bit where some some amateurs aren't too great and say managing space and, and a lot of their stuff looks a little too flat even though they're, they're not trying to be Tintin.
1: Right. Right. Not
2: trying to be Air J where that was deliberately rendered flat.
1: Right, right.
2: So there's the, the, so there's that album. But yeah. So Concord is again and it's also available at all the prior digital outlets I previously mentioned. Mm-hmm. As well,
1: nice, nice. That how many issues is that one now? You said you said you were at the first, right first eleven. Now,
2: Time core. We have fourteen issues in current release.
1: Nice, that's a good run.
2: Pretty easy, but that's nothing compared to much the the first comic book that I created and wrote that currently has thirty four issues in current release. Oh dang! Which is Earth Invasion, and this is a sci fi series where a criminal gang from outer space is here to commercially plunder the planet. (laughs) And they happen to come from a civilization that are hyper-advanced, bio-engineered insects that consider mammals to be an inferior species. (laughs) And so mankind is in really bad shape for a while. But then... um, a defector from the aliens comes down and helps the humans and the first thing this defector does is give humans and higher order mammals the ability to talk to each other. So it's humans and talking animals versus a space box. <laughs>
1: that sounds fucking cool. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's a little over the top. I like it. I like things that just go for it. You just, just go for it. And it, it it's more fun that way, I think.
2: Yes. And the and, and it, so it's a, it's a large ensemble it's an ensemble cast piece where both the humans and the animals they work with are fully realized characters. Nice. They talk and all that sort of thing. And they're up against these very nasty bugs that do all kinds of really nasty things and this was the first comic that I came up with that I had I, I thought about it and for, I, thought, I thought it up back in the 90s and I thought, oh, it, we, we've done these alien invasion things, it's HD wells, all that sort of thing. It's been done before. I thought, How, what would it be like to say maybe he, it was not just humans, but it's humans and they had some help with some other higher order mammals that are capable of language, but we just simply don't understand them. Right, and that was the idea, and it just sort of mushroomed from there, and that has been in current digital release since twenty eleven.
1: Oh, geez, that's a long one. 9 years now. That's awesome.
2: Yes, and so right, and right now we're just putting the finishing touches up on issue number thirty five, and we've sort of spitballing plot ideas for thirty six.
1: That is really cool, man. And,
2: and I wrote that up until issue 31.
1: Oh. So the, who's who's writing it now?
2: Uh, this guy named Paul Benson. Cool. Uh, I remember he wrote an issue of X-Men sometime way back when. That's cool. It is. You, you can get good people. People to work for you in comics provided your checks don't bounce.
1: <laughs> that does help. I mean if if you if you if, if your checks are good, you get good talent, that's for sure.
2: Yes. You know, just exactly. Say what say what you you know, feel straight and hopefully everything works out okay.
1: Right, right. That's awesome. So is that all this is that, is that all the different services you have currently?
2: Uh the, that's the stuff we have we have um, we have currently I have another project in development that I really can't go into too much because literally we are just at the phase of we've outlined the whole thing and we are putting together we've done the character workups right we, we like these character questionnaires and then after that you you then go and move on to the, the character studies and that sort of thing. Because I'm I'm very much a believer of extensive character background, because that helps you write the whole thing, especially with their voice and how they speak and that sort of thing.
1: Right. Because if you know if you know who the character is, you can you can get their voice better. For sure.
2: Exactly. You you, you 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 capture their voice and sort of when they're confronted with something, you sort of say, Oh, this is
1: how they're going to react. Right, because you you're know who they are. You're not making it
2: up too much as you're going along, which can leave you some plot
1: holes. Exactly. If you if you don't know who the character is and how they talk, then you, you know you're going to mess that up for sure.
2: Oh, and it's like it's not a matter of if, but just when.
1: <laughs> right. Yep. Exactly. So, you know, so I have a question for you. What inspired you to start doing Wonder Woman comics? Like, what inspired you know sparked the interest to say, how "I'm going to make my own my own comic line."
2: I just really wanted to get into it. I was a comic book fan. I was originally born in uh, Brussels, Belgium, and immigrated here when I was a kid. And comics have a a very large tradition over there. Uh, Just beyond Asterix, Tintin, or Lucky Luke, there's a whole other world of really great comics. And I like the comics from all over the world, as well as the ones from Japan as well. Right. and I just had wanted to go and make and do my own, own comics that I wasn't seeing that I, I, that I wanted to make and I, and I was sort of influenced by the idea the punk rock DIY idea and I went ahead and did it. yes there was most certainly some fairly painful and expensive learning experiences, but that's kind of sort of how it goes. Right. Right. And, and I just went for it and it's been satisfying in the sense of, instead of going saying, what if I had done this? It's more like, this is what I've done and this is how it turned out, which is a much more satisfying way to be.
1: Yeah. Cause no matter what you've done it and it's there and, and you can say, Hey, I've, I've accomplished this and it, I mean, yeah. How long have you been doing this for? I
2: I did the first print edition of EI Earth Invasion in 2007. By that point in time, the the whole notion of an indie printed comic book was very much coming to an end. So I moved it online, mm-hmm. and I've been doing digital. So you could you could say I've been eh, all right. But then I I started some of the um, oh. Uh, character studies for EI back like around ninety nine ninety
1: eight. Right, right.
2: But that was but but as saying, I didn't incorporate the company until
1: two thousand nine. So, I mean, a good ten to fifteen years you've been working on this, and it's you know it's you've grown from one series to several, and have now have several people who are working for you doing this or working with you doing this, and that's fantastic, yeah. man. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So do you have any Thanks. big plans in the future for this?
2: Um, well, I'm all, I am always uh, open to um, <laughs> licensing it to other media. Cause uh, let's get real. Given the economics of, of comic books today, that's where you make your money back.
1: Yeah. Licensing it out. And yeah, exactly. A lot, and what's really cool. though is a lot of people are looking to comics for new properties to adapt, which is, which is really cool. Fine. You know, finally, the media realizes, oh hey, there's great stories being told in comics. Let's look there.
2: It, well, it, it's I exactly it's IP, and then also another thing that's going on that you have this multiplication of media channels. Where before, I'm old enough to remember when you just had the three networks and that was it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm growing up. I had we had you know I think seven networks on on TVs. We we didn't have, have cables. So we had like nbc cbs fox and universal i think and then like some local channels that's it
2: <laughs> right well man i i'm old enough when it was still over the over the air tv with rabbit ears in your house yeah <laughs> but but now it's, 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 and especially now that disney's come in and it's, are taking back all their properties in which which includes marvel yeah yep. there's going to be a pretty good opportunity for everybody else from all the other uh, m- media channels co- coming out there that are in dire need of properties.
1: It's to so true. It's, it's so true because it's funny because there's so many shows that come out these days that most people don't even realize they're based on comics. And then they you look at them and like, oh, then people find out they're based on a comic book and then they read the comic book. But it's, it's so great because, I mean, look at Netflix or Hulu or, or any of the streaming platforms. Or even Amazon stuff. There's, you know, probably you know, at least what ten times a year, some new series comes out that's based on a comic series, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is great!" And I'm like, yeah, there's a comic for it. You. you should read that. Like, my wife just watched Lock and Key on uh, Netflix, and she loved it. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's based on a comic book." She's like, "It's based on a comic book, really?" I'm like, "Yeah, this is totally based on a comic book."
2: <laughs> yes, and yes, and and what's great about it is, is that comics are almost ready-made in terms. of, Here's the visual style. Yep. Um, If the comics done the good job, there's there's almost a built-in loyal audience that's ready to take a look at it. It's just one of the things that really hindered the progress is that comics in the United States were very much looked down upon upon the intellectual intelligentista of the writing intelligentista. let's call it of this country where oh that's kid stuff that sort of thing
1: yeah exactly
2: i was never a fan of
1: neither no i grew up reading comic i mean i I learned to read by reading comic books like i I, when i was a kid my my dad got me to read by giving me batman comics and wolverine comics you know and um, that's how I learned. So I've always yeah. thought of comics as being a great meme. And then, and then you read things like Watchmen or the dark Knight, or you read, you know, some of these other pieces out there, like or Superman earth one. You're just, no, this is not kids stuff. This is a lot of this stuff is, you know, real world. You know, it's, it's real stuff. Oh, it's, a, it's great.
2: Absolutely. And, and I have to mention is that if you go across the Atlantic to the, the whole Euro BD comics are considered serious art, serious literature. Yeah. It's called the ninth art for a reason.
1: And it should be that way here in America, but it, 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 oh,
2: it's, it's and, ki- oh, ab- oh, absolutely not. I mean, I actually once had the conversation with no less than David Simon, the creator of Treme and the wire and whatever, right. where he thought Batman was just kids literature.
1: No, no. Batman can be kids literature for sure. If it's a kid's, if it's a kid's version of Batman, like Batman strikes, but Batman has uh, just made Batman has a lot of deep thought into it, a lot of deep Stuff in, built into it. It's not kids' stuff.
2: <laughs> oh, but Batman is one of the masterworks of American literature.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't read Year One and tell me that's kid that's kid that's kid you know kid stories, <laughs> or or Dark Knight or Killing Joke and tell me that that's a story for kids.
2: <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's, it it is. It, like I said, it is serious. It is serious stuff. And. I, as I said, it is it's, it is a le- it is it is a legitimate art, and it's one of the new ones, along with movies, in, in addition to the seven ancient ones.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's it, I am happy to see finally that comic books are being taken more seriously in America, right? Because I mean, overseas, like you mentioned, in Europe, it's 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 been different for a long time. Even in Japan, comics comics are treated differently, but in America, yeah. it's, it's always been for kids, for kids, for kids. But really. Comics are for everyone, and comics can be, you know, just like any other, you know, form of literature or media out there. It can be for kids. It can be for teens. It can be serious. It could be, it could tell a story. Like, we just had somebody on our show. uh, Actually, the episode was released yesterday um, as of recording this, which would have been uh, March 13th, uh, with with, uh, uh, Sophie Ansel, who is a, she wrote a book called Burmese Moons. All about the tragedies in Myanmar and Bur- and, and Burma and it's, it's it's a heartbreaking book but it's all based on true stuff and it's like it's a book that tells that it pushes the story of what's happening over in, in that part of the world that this is happening now and this is reality for some people and, well, how about mouse? and, oh, and that's a great a huge I mean it's a, a, yes mouse is a, is a fantastic example of how a comic book can tell you a serious story and portray it to you in a way that's accessible accessible but it's not a, it's not like this is kids like you know Mickey Mouse this is this or back is back
2: from Sari like by, by Joe Kubert
1: yeah exactly oh kubert stuff is i love kubert stuff so so great but yeah it's 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 it's, it's interesting that it's, it's been taken that way so long But anybody who actually read comic books knew the truth of of no this is this is a serious medium. There's a lot of you can you can tell a lot of serious well, stuff. You know, the,
2: the, the old thing about a picture is worth a thousand words.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, because like with comics, as you mentioned before about you know the medium being perfect for adapting, a comic book is basically a storyboard for a movie or a TV show. I mean, you have the visuals, you have the you have the 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 written there, you have the possible narration if the writer puts narration in there to feed you through it. So you have you basically have you know two different ways you can read a comic book. You can read it by just looking at the visuals or you can read it with the the words or however you want and get and and pull out of that whatever you you know pull out of that your own feelings from it and and different people can read a comic and get different outtakes from it which is one of the things I love about it because I could go read mouse and you could read mouse and we could talk about it and we could come to different conclusions based upon how we feel about that and overall the story is just telling us one story but we can pull out of that different things which is amazing
2: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and I got, and I have to say, I mean, Mouse was a great thing because it did great things for comics in America
1: without a doubt. I mean, especially once they won a Pulitzer. Yeah, that's was it, a Pulitzer? it. Won it won a bunch of stuff. I don't know. I can't. Top I can't think of what it won, but it won a bunch of stuff for sure. It's one of the, it's one of the masterworks of comic books for sure.
2: Most certainly. Which I mean, I can I which which I can which I find very relatable because my father's family were they were all Holocaust survivors. Oh really? Yeah.
1: That must, oh, yeah, huh, that must have made that story a whole lot different for you than would have been for someone like me who I didn't, I didn't have that in my family. You know?
2: Oh no, yeah. huh. I, I mean, not the exact same event and not in the same part of occupied Europe.
1: But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's so crazy. Yeah, my my family came up. So my my grandparents were fought in World War II from the American side and uh, um, but on the on the on the uh, Pacific front. You know. And that was, that's my history with that, with that, that that's my family history with that part of time. But, you know, I know people who have their grandparents were, or, you know, in the, in the camps or their, their great uncles were in the camps, whatever. They lost people in those camps and stuff. And it's just like, it's, it's heartbreaking.
2: Mm, Very much so. I mean, well, well, just, just to say, I mean, both my father and my aunt were lucky enough to be taken in by a network Run by a Jesuit priest in Brussels, who wound up saving 350 of Brussels' Jewish children, and now has a place
1: of honor over Yad Vashem. Oh, that's so cool! It's it's crazy because you think about you think about it from like the perspective of of a kid these days, right? I have kids, I have five kids, right? My eldest is 17, and you think about it from like his perspective. I talked to him about it, and in 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 some ways, World War II and that whole atrocity is so long ago, but another way, it's not. Because there's it, still people around that are were, that were affected by that, you know? Most certainly. And it, it's, it's crazy because my, my son, like I said, he's 17. He's so distant from it, right? He, we talk about it, and, he, and sometimes he's just like, oh, that was so long ago, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, no, it still very much matters now. Oh,
2: it completely matters, especially if you look in terms of sociopolitical mm-hmm. orders, all sorts of things. And most importantly is... If the crimes that were committed are allowed to be gotten away with, they're done again.
1: Exactly. And people are trying to do them again. I mean, look at certain parts of the world. Look at, I mean, look at parts of the, this, what's happening in America in the last couple of years, right? This this crazy resurgence of, of neo-Nazi shit. It's, 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 it's insane. Or like people getting upset because, um, there was a, I can't, I can't, I can't remember specifics. I read about it the other day in a paper, but I, there was a, Somebody was getting upset because there was a movie coming out that put Nazis in a bad light, and and people were like, "Why are you upset about this? This this was this was horrible atrocities of our last of our last hundred years." And yes, it, th- that should be in a bad light. There shouldn't be a movie about it. There shouldn't be about it being good because they weren't good, you know.
2: Well, it's his, historical rewashing, whatever you want to call yeah.
1: it. No. Yeah, no, no,
2: no. But not. I will say that some of the better comics out there address that sort of thing. And help keep that going. Yeah. Help, I mean, help keep the thing. Uh-uh. No. Nah, not
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, for sure. For sure. It's it's been it's been a it's been a troubling time doing with some of this stuff recently. Well,
2: but, you know that old Chinese curse, right? Yeah. May you live in interesting times.
1: Right. <laughs> and when right now we because 'cause I'm in I'm in Seattle, which is the epicenter of the whole coronavirus thing here in America in, you know, in America and it's it's nuts everything's on lockdown like my kids are out of school for six weeks you know I might, oh
2: i i i i i'm in la yeah, la USC yeah. just said hey everybody you're on vacation
1: yeah exactly my my work my daytime job is like nope every, everybody's working from home so i'm working from home my wife's working from home so we're all just kind of you know holed up in our house which is fine i mean but it's like after a couple of weeks have been here with the five kids and the wife and the two cats it's gonna get a little uh a little sore crazy for sure <laughs>
2: Without uh, it, most most certainly, and and I will say one thing: I'm glad is I actually have a garden where I grow fresh vegetables.
1: Oh, that's it'll awesome! Be helpful. See, we we were planning to start a garden here coming up um, when it gets a little warmer. We're like, oh, we're gonna put a garden in our backyard. But we just hadn't haven't done it yet. <laughs> like, ah, crap! But it'll be uh, fine. I'm
2: telling you, 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 you <clears throat> should you should give it you should give it a go. There are some fresh grown vegetables that are just so much tastier when you grow them yourself, especially say like snap peas and tomatoes mm-hmm. and carrots. When you grow oh, them yourself,
1: man. Carrots are so much better. Fresh carrots are the best. My grandpa growing up, he had a, gar- a huge garden. I'd go over there and help him tend to it. And I would always go over there and get, get fresh carrots. And they are sweeter. They are crispier. They There's no no comparison to a fresh carrot to a one in a the bag. They're just so different. Yeah.
2: And if you have chickens, Oh yeah, the, the the carrot tops, the chickens go berserk for it.
1: Yep, exactly. And fresh eggs are amazing.
2: <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they most certainly are.
1: My uh, my co-host Kenrick, he's he's lives down the street from me. Um, they're getting him and his family. They're, they're getting uh, chickens. So we'll have fresh eggs, and I'm so excited <laughs> for fresh eggs because it makes
2: the but best. But be p- careful of the roosters. Na- roosters yeah. like to crow at sunrise.
1: Oh, I know they're they're well they're they're far enough away from me where I won't hear it. <laughs> so it's not. So I don't care.
2: Because <laughs> oh yeah, that, that 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 big caw early in just oh, as yeah. the sun's cr- cracking through is not great.
1: No, it's 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 loud and it'll definitely wake you up. So no no need for an alarm clock there. <laughs> All right.
2: Okay, so
1: uh okay, so and sorry. No problem. All
2: right, Sorry, folks there major diversion. It's okay.
1: Hey hey, we have we have a sub show on our show called the tangent of tangents where we just like, start a topic and just go on tangents for it because we end up talking about one thing which leads into something else. It, it I mean, if you think about it, that whole conversation we just had is was actually relevant to what we talked about because we got there naturally through our conversation about your comics and about what and about the conversation of, of comics itself. It naturally went there, yeah. It's, it's off topic to to Wonderman Comics, which is fine. But we the conversation naturally rose, you know, from comics to art form to Nazis to carrots to chickens, which is a weird segue to go through that. But if you listen to it, it'll, it'll be a natural progression to, which is cool. Which is one of the great things about conversation is that it, you don't know where things are going to go sometimes, and that's one of my favorite things about doing interviews and podcasts: is seeing where conversations okay. go.
2: All right, cool. So then you have any other questions for me?
1: <laughs> so, Nate, is there anything else that you're working on or that you have coming up or that we haven't well, talked about?
2: I, 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 I will say that we, besides the Sega project, I have that coming, which really don't want to. Um, I would say, also, Wonderman Comics, we do accept... Consoles and stuff, but it has to be a professional quality, a completed, full color project.
1: I was, I was actually I was going to ask you that. So, what if you do accept submissions? So do you expect that you want them to be a, a finished product, or do you want do you accept like scripts and stuff?
2: We don't do strips. We release whole entire comics to the digital platforms. Definitely, we want full color and prof- and definitely professional presentation in terms of the art. The, uh, the, the the dialogue, no gratuitous sex, right. violence, but that's sort all. Of, I mean, yes, our comics have that, but nothing where it's just no porn.
1: Right, right.
2: That that's not no nothing racist or you know unnecessarily misogynist or any of that sort of thing. Right. It's just we just want stuff that is of. A professional level
1: yeah do you guys um, would you guys do humor comics
2: yes we would perfect it's uh, just a matter of finding that right property
1: now do you ever have do you ever have any plans on offering I know you're a digital a digital publisher which is awesome because it makes things a lot easier. But do you have, have plans of offering uh, print copies for people, or, or an ability for people to do like on-demand printing of comics? So they can have if they wanted to have a copy, of it, they could.
2: You know what? I've had I've, I've I've offered our comics from time to time to on-demand printing, but oftentimes those places just get overwhelmed and fall through. Right. And then the customer is left holding the bag. So I'm really cautious about that, and so. If perhaps in the future, say something, there's a special event where like last year, we, we went and printed up a limited edition run of all the issues of scoundrel. Okay. And did an in-store signing. Nice. Something like that. We'll, we'll do something like that. Or if they may be the possibility comes where i um, doing a physical print is not a complete and utter loss, which at this point it is. I mean, Come on, can you tell me one current comic from the majors that actually averages six figures in one month?
1: Averages? No. The only thing that hits that hits that is going to be this, where they do like a billion special covers or some special event issue.
2: But no, but no comic hits six figures. And the thing is, the economics of printed, where it, especially these days you have to get into decent five figures before you even start to make back dime one.
1: Right. Right. Oh, for sure. Cause it's expensive, It's expensive to print stuff for sure.
2: And not just to print stuff to the one, the one thing that is really the killer is the shipping.
1: Yo. Yep. Yeah, shipping is a killer. Cause it, it like doubles the cost of the book. Easily. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> Easily. It, it, especially since only the big boys seem to have access to media mail. But if you're tiny, you're not going to get access to media mail.
1: Which I never understood because it, it, by definition, media mail or comics don't fit to media mail. But yet if you go talk to like, I've talked to, I, I used to sell comics, right? I used to, I used to own a client book store um, online and I did that for like, what, almost 10 years. And we would go talk to the postmaster at the post office and we'd ask him, Hey, do these qualify for media mail? And, one time they would say yes. One time they would say no, and they, or they'd say yes most of the time. But then some other postmaster would say no when they got them in the mail, and it's like, can you just make up your damn mind?
2: <laughs> it, it it was it was very much hit or miss because there was a time where I had some pretty comments, and it was that. And the thing is, the difference between first class and media mail was literally the margin.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. On that entire book. Exactly, and like. I don't understand why, like they they used to say they don't want media mail because they don't want you to ship things with advertisements and then through media mail, or whatever. But if you're shipping, like the big guys will always have ads in them, but the little guys usually don't have ads in them. But then that that's where it gets in the uh, this mix of of them trying to figure out what's what. And it's I say just allow them. I mean, why not?
2: <laughs> well, the, and the post office could certainly use the business.
1: Yeah, they could absolutely. And, and imagine how much more if they just said yes, comics, media mail, full time, and didn't to try to gouge people on it. They'd have tons of people shipping more things media mail because it's it works and it's fine.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And
1: it's cost effective.
2: <laughs> precisely. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. And, and then and, and another thing about cost also another thing about comics is you print a bunch and then boom, you've got three thousand year garage.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I, I mentioned the book. The book that I just did I'm g- is getting printed right now, or we'll be going to print it here pretty soon. It's gonna be. It's a thousand copies. Which is gonna be in my garage, and you know, I'll, I'll ship out all the ones that sold. But then I'll probably, you know, I still have a couple hundred left that I'll sit there until I can figure out, you know, go to go to a con or get them up online and, and get them sold. You know, which is which is fine. It's just it's gonna be you know boxes and boxes in my garage, I'll have to put a final place for.
2: I hope you don't get a leak in your garage.
1: Oh God, don't don't no. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to deal with wet books. It would be terrible.
2: Yeah. Oh, so, 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 and that's the thing is, is which I, I is, I don't think a lot of the fandom realize sort of what the financial risks are involved in this sort of
1: thing. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of risk behind behind doing any of this stuff you're doing.
2: You know. Yes, and the thing is, money doesn't grow on
1: trees. Nope.
2: And yeah, I, I love this whatever, but it's 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 like I'm sorry, I am not Jeff Bezos. I do not. Ha- or Michael Bloomberg, I do not have oodles and oodles of money because I have been approached by creators who sort of, especially the European ones, who sort of want to do that traditional thing where they get an advance and then they're paid and whatever, and then we have to figure. No, that's, that's another thing I, which I might add to those will, who want to send something in. That's yeah. an old traditional model of where you get, like, say, paid in advance, whatever. That's not going to. Be,
1: no that's not that's not reality because people can't one you can't it's it's too much of a risk it puts it puts the you know you as the publisher at at the risk and and you know it's, it's not i i can imagine that that actually be, people are still doing that these days because just it's not with the, the how thin spread comics are which is good and bad right it's good to have a lot of options but also that means there's a lot of options to spend money on
2: oh absolutely because I mean, today's day and age, what's great about comics, especially with the computer revolution, because I still remember comics when it was still that physical production, we shot blue line film and ran it on offset printer, mm-hmm. and computers revolutionized that process to where now it's just, you put everything together in InDesign, and, you, and you either, if you can do physical print, you do CYMK, if you do digitally do RGB and you just drop a file in. If you can do a physical print, drop a file in 15 minutes later, boom, out comes the comic, you cut it, there you are.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is amazing.
2: (laughs) Which is great but but it's sort of, it's it's the blessing and the curse, which is anybody can do it.
1: Exactly. Anybody can do it, which is great, but also anyone can do it, which means that there's going to be a ton of options.
2: Well, Or just a ton of stuff out there and the great challenge these days is getting seen
1: yep getting seen getting, getting people to see what you getting have
2: getting see, seen and heard above the digital noise
1: which is precisely why I do podcasts with the creators to talk about what they do and exp- and you know share out everybody's well, stuff you, you know it's, it's it's one of my favorite things to do is talk to people that have, have indie books out there or work or are passionate about what they do and and, and you know spend their time making comics because I love comic books well, well
2: thank you very much th- thank you and th- like I said, I, I, I love doing this. And hey, if somebody wants to go read it,
1: great. Yeah. And speaking of that, if you want to read it, I'll have links in the show notes below for everyone to click on and awesome. Go check it yes. out. We,
2: awesome. We, we, lo- we, we, we love that.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, Nate, I've had a great time talking to you this morning. It's been a lot Thank of fun. Thank you I've very le- much. You too. I've learned a lot. It's been great. I will have this out for you and we'll put links to every listening. Check out One to One Comics. they got some cool stuff there. Um, I'm going to be checking out some of these on Comixology and Hoopla here uh, this weekend. I suggest you all do the same too. And don't
2: tier. forget Hoopla
0: Digital.
1: Yep, Hoopla. It, go check it out. Support comics and support your libraries.
0: Absolutely. Right, Thank man. you very much. Hey, we're back. We're back. And Wonder Man like Comics, that? man. Wonder Man Comics. All Wonder online. Man that's, that's a crazy way.
1: It is, it, but it's also but as he says, it cuts down on costs, right? Because he can he can then pay oh, his yeah. creators, right, and not have but not have to worry about paying for printer costs because he can pay the creators and then put it out on Comixology or other other digital platforms that, to sell.
0: Is that a uh, the wave of the future? I think in some digital ways, first, I think, I think in
1: some ways, paper I later. Think people still want physical books too, right? Yeah, but I think for any publishers who want to you know be able to pay their people, right, and not have to and be able to give more of the money back to the creators doing it digital first or at least digital until it has a following and then yeah. maybe doing a Kickstarter. That's a really good way for an indie publishing house to do it. Right. Cause then you can pay your creators the rates and then use more, have, have more of those funds of your digital sales, go back into recouping your costs as the publisher and then push it to a Kickstarter or push it to a, a printed book for people who want to pick up the printed book and kind of work, kind of work in both directions, but not have the upfront cost of printing. I think it's a good, I think it's a, it's a good idea and, or a good concept at least.
0: Do you think that this and web comics is there a difference?
1: Um. So no, this. Uh, yes, actually, yes. So web comics are specifically comic books that publish on the web for free, and they publish Do they
0: have like. To be free? Uh, what's that? Do they have to be free? Is that is you that a criteria?
1: No, that is not a criteria. But the, okay. the criteria for a web so primarily comic primarily they're free. Primary, their but The criteria would be a webcomic is something that doesn't publish a whole story at once. It publishes like a page, a page or two, like once a week, once a day,
0: similar to what the newspapers used to do in the comic
1: strips. Exactly, that's a webcomic. This is a digital comic where you they, you purchase a full issue and you have you know the twenty pages or twenty-four pages of a full yeah. issue. Well, they're both digital. They're a different concept a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's it's all about the delivery is different.
1: Exactly, exactly. Interesting. Well, yeah.
0: There you guys go. You, you learned a lot to, on today's show.
1: You did. And if you want to check them out, go to wondermancomics.com. That's wonderman with a U. So W-U-W-U. <laughs> W-U-U.
0: Really? <laughs> All right. I, I'm. <laughs> Why is that so funny to me right now? That's hilarious. <laughs> W-U.
1: <laughs> Literally, I've been teaching my six-year-old how to read too much, and I'm trying to sound out the words for you. <laughs> W-U-N-D-E-R-M-A-N comics.com.
0: There you guys go. All right. If you enjoyed that, you want some more interviews, uh, we got a lot of artists, writers, TV producers, TV directors, movie producers, movie directors, actors of all genres. There you guys go. You go to spoilerverse.com. Check out the Spoiler Country podcast. Check out their back catalog. And there is a ton of all that and more. Yeah. Uh, not so much a paywall. Over three hundred episodes, yeah, and soon to be four hundred, soon to be five hundred, <laughs> yeah, soon to be five, soon to be one thousand, right? <laughs> and well, we're, we're a bit off
1: from one thousand, but
0: we'll be there eventually. Yeah, we will be there eventually. Go check it out. There's a lot there for you.
1: Yeah, not just from our show, but we have so many other shows like Bringing the Talk Nerdocalypse, Shooting the Sith, Narrative Gunslingers, Funny Big Funny Book Forensics, uh, Nerds from the Crypt, oh, I was just so many say. more that are just none of them behind a the paywall Mr. Important Radio is another great one up there just go check them out subscribe to all of them listen to all of them leave them all reviews on all your podcatchers download all the episodes and I compel you to click on that store link go to Public and compel. buy a t-shirt or something to show your click support the for greatest the greatest podcast in the world click the link that's right click the link
0: <laughs> alright guys the last thing that we're going to tell you to do because I feel like at the end of these episodes, we're always telling people what to do.
1: Don't yeah. do this. Yeah. Well, I mean.
0: We're asking. We're not telling. We're asking.
1: Yeah, but if we're you asking slightly. Like
0: yeah, if you do like what you're hearing and you want to support us beyond the link on the, for the store or you just, you know, maybe you just can't afford that. And that's totally okay. It's totally fine. Go on to your podcatcher on your smartphone. Search for Spoiler Country. Hit subscribe. And then maybe go to iTunes or Google Play, uh, wherever you tend to to read because as your podcatcher probably aggregates those from either google Play or, or itunes it's just the way it goes most of them anyways yeah there's a few that don't spotify stitcher you know those the, those bigger ones iHeartRadio. radio go to the, the itunes or, or google play like i was saying and leave us a review it helps tremendously and i hope that you you know you do yeah
1: because it helps us in two ways one it tells us what you think of us so one we know if you like this show or if there's something you want us to, you, you don't care for, we can improve and make our show better. And two, it helps other people find the show and find us and, and listen to us and helps us get our voices out there for more people to hear. Because if nothing else, we like to hear ourselves talk. So you should hear us talk too.
0: <laughs> we like to hear each other's talk. All right, guys, that's a show. <laughs> that's I think show. we're out of here. Don't forget. In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind and read more. (laughs) I feel like we're just trying to do our best Hulk imitation. (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah! Or Macho Man. Oh, yeah! (laughs) It was Macho Man, I know. I fucked it up, (laughs) alright?